Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 down in Houston, as well as the Locked On SEC podcast. And Chris, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? Well, I'm good, John. I'm actually coming to you from the uh, the press box here at Target Field for uh, Twins Astros ALDS Game 3 tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, nothing like going from uh, 80-something degrees in Houston to 44 degrees in Minneapolis. I can only imagine. And it's kind of crazy. Like, How do you balance that out where, of course, you know, here in Arkansas, we're all football mode, and I know you guys are as well in Houston, but you know, the Astros and, and Major League Baseball in the playoffs, like, how, does that have everyone's attention right now in Houston, or is it pretty balanced? Uh, it's pretty balanced. It's funny. We were actually about to do our pregame show on Saturday from the ballpark, and we were carrying the Longhorn Sooners game on our station. And so we actually had the uh, the speaker set up, and people were in the ballpark getting ready for Astros Twins, all huddled around our speaker listening to the final call of uh, Texas versus Oklahoma. So, yeah, it's weird time of year where everything intersects. we got, you know, uh, preseason NBA is already starting this week. We've got college basketball, college basketball about to start. So, yeah, it's just that weird time of year where everything's going on at once. How are you feeling about the matchup with the Astros and Twins? They're currently tied in a five-game series tied at one. Yeah, Astros kind of finding themselves in uncharted territory. They're, they're used to, uh, you know, winning the first two games of an ALDS in Houston and you know, maybe lose a game or two on the road. But you know, more often than not, they, they've swept this round and got gone on the bigger and better things and get on to the ALCS. And uh, these feisty twins wanted to give them a little uh, something to battle here. And uh, twins got the big win last night. So we're tied 1-1 coming up to uh, Minnesota. And uh, it's a feisty team. It's Carlos Correa, a guy who used to play for the Astros and won a lot of games for them in the postseason. And now he's bringing a little of that luck to Minnesota. So, it's going to be a tough series. I mean, I, I, I said the other day it wouldn't surprise me if they went five, and uh, we'll see if the Astros can't get a win here in Minnesota, if not two. But uh, we could be coming back to Houston for game five on Friday. So, it'll be uh, really interesting to see. Like I said, cold weather up here. We'll see how the Astros react. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Astros aren't used to this. They're used to just beating the sun out of everybody. Well, Gordy, let's talk a little bit about college football from the weekend, especially in the SEC, because there was a lot of great ranked matchups going in to this weekend. And we'll start with the one that I think everybody had their eye on with A&M and Alabama, considering uh, how just two years ago A&M was able to get the win there in College Station, trying to take advantage of it again. But 26-20, to 20, Alabama gets out of there with a victory. What do you think of the game, but also just the decision not to go for the throat if you were Jimbo and – Bobby Petrino of trying to go for it on fourth down and maybe have a better chance to win the game because I felt like the game was over pretty much when that moment happened. Yeah, I thought it was it was the epitome of where these two teams are right now. I mean, Alabama's defense, you know, outside of uh, the, the blip on the radar against Texas, every other game their their defense has just been downright dominant. I thought that second half they they were eating Texas A&M's offensive line for lunch. I mean, they just had no answer. Max Johnson was constantly under pressure, and uh, A&M just couldn't do anything. But I thought on the other side, Jimbo Fisher is still coaching like it's like it's 2001 or something. Like he is just so conservative with his play calling, and you know, uh, one yard to go on fourth down, let's punt it. I mean, college football has changed, and, and Jimbo has not changed with it, and. Um, you know, I thought some of the offensive play calls were actually pretty good for Bobby Petrino, but Jimbo, 
Um, very conservative on Saturday, and it cost him the game. I mean, they had, he'd been a little bit more aggressive in a couple spots. They maybe could have come away with that victory, but tip of the cat's all down, man. Now they're back once again in the driver's seat in the SEC West, and, uh, you know, if they keep running this thing, they're going to find themselves in Atlanta. We'll see. LSU will still have something to say about it in a couple weeks, but feel bad for Arkansas, man, because, uh, you know, I don't know if this kid is going to stop anytime soon with getting Alabama this week. Is that something that's been uh, questioned or, or asked about to Jimbo? Because we know that he has been conservative, but Bobby Petrino's, his approach isn't conservative, and he is the play caller. Now the play calling can be led to go in a certain direction. So has that yeah. been asked about? Yeah, I'm not talking so much about like the, 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 the offensive play calling. I thought was fine. It was the, the big decisions, right? Like I think they had a, a fourth and one just past midfield, and they opted – uh, late in the game, you know they're down. Uh, they're down a score, and, and you know they had a fourth and two. I think near the goal line, they could have went for it, but instead they settled for the field goal. Like it was just all these little things they kept. They kept doing. They kept making it. Um, you know, it was like, come on, man, like have some balls. Let's go for it here. And uh, unfortunately, like I said, you play conservative. You, you play not to lose. You're going to lose, and that's what Jimbo did at A&M on Saturday. How are you liking uh, what the rest of the SEC looks like setting up? Like. We thought going into this weekend there was a chance that Georgia gets upset. They seem to always be on upset alert, and they made a statement. And then with AM and Bama, then Bama comes away with a win. So it looks like the cream is, is certainly rising to the top, even though they may not look the same in Bama and Georgia and being as dominant as they have been in the past. It seems like it's headed in that direction. And then LSU is going to have something to say about it. And these are the three teams we thought going into the season that they would be in the mix, and it's seeming to kind of turn out that way, even though it's looked like to this point in the season that other teams would have a say-so in it. Yeah, I mean, Georgia started to look like exactly like the Georgia we were expecting to see, you know, the start of the season. Uh, you know, everybody was kind of, you know, crapping on them the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, everybody was, a lot of people were picking Kentucky to, to pull off the upset. All behold, Georgia came out and said, no, this is the 2023 Georgia Bulldogs, the team that's going for a three-peat. The big thing to me is, you know, Brock Bowers is obviously uncoverable. He's, he's the best tight end in the country by far and away. But Carson Beck is starting to play a lot better. And uh, he's starting to get some confidence in that offense and that system. And he just took Kentucky's defense to the woodshed on, on Saturday. And there's a reason why I, I, I bet on, on Carson Beck as my dark horse Heisman. I got a, a bet out in Vegas. I'm going to fly out there, cash it in if he wins it. But watch what happens these next couple of weeks. If Carson Beck keeps putting up, you know, ridiculous numbers and Georgia keeps winning and they're undefeated, Car Carson Beck is going to find himself at the Heisman ceremony in New York. I know people want to push for Brock Bowers. But the problem is the guy's throwing him the football. If Brock Bowers has three touchdowns, well, Carson Beck has at least three. And if he throws a couple more to other guys, he might have five or six in the game. So uh, just going to be something to watch there. But, yeah, Georgia's not playing around. They, they look to be the real deal. It wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, continue to win the, the rest of their regular season game. LSU. Um, LSU. Yeah, go ahead. Go I was ahead, just going to say, LSU, LSU's going to have a say in this thing with Alabama. Like, they – LSU's offense cannot be stopped. Um, ever since that week one game where they kind of stumbled in the loss of Florida State, week in and week out, they're scoring at will on people. Now, the defense is not good. I mean, they've got issues. But, you know, when they get, go to Tuscaloosa in a few weeks, all you got to do is have more points on the scoreboard than Alabama does. And we've seen Alabama's offense. It's, it's good, not great this year. 
if LSU and Jaden Daniels can go in there and score 30-plus points, I think they're going to have a good chance to pull off the upset. And with the way that Missouri and Kentucky have played to this point in the season, they have a big game coming up this week. And uh, another game that looks really interesting, A&M taking on Tennessee. So it's starting to really heat up as far as the conference schedule and some of these games and the way that it's going to play out. Yeah, and that's the, fa- the fascinating part of the Kentucky-Missouri uh, game is literally a week ago at this time we were talking about both those teams being undefeated. And a week from right now we'll be talking about one of those teams being on a two-game losing streak. So that's how quickly things can turn in your uh, in your season when you get into SEC play. I mean, it's, it's week in and week out. You're getting everybody's best shot. So that will be fascinating. And I'm fascinated to see how A&M will respond. I mean, okay, you lose the, the Miami game with no defense, fine. You lose the Alabama game with conservative – you know, uh, uh, play calling and things like that. Uh, you got to go into Tennessee and play aggressive. I mean, that is a tough place to play, but, you know, Tennessee's been sitting around for two weeks and Joe Milton's looked okay at times, but not, you know, the dominant Joe Milton everybody was expecting to see. So that's going to be a good one. And, and everybody's heading there. FEC Nation, Marty McGee, they'll all be out there, but it'd be a big feather in the cap for, for Tennessee. And it would be yet another big loss for, for A&M to take a third loss this quick on the season would not fit well in college station. So Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 and the Locked On SEC podcast here on Out of Bounds. So, Gordy, I, I know it's technically a future SEC game, but without a doubt the most exciting game, or at least one of them, was Oklahoma and Texas over the weekend down there in Dallas. Uh, just an epic game. Oklahoma gets the win, though. So is this more about Oklahoma being legitimate, or did you just feel like there was uh, some bad decisions or maybe some bad play there by Texas in this game? Yeah, I think I think it showed Oklahoma's legit. I, I was – one of those people doubting them a week ago, I thought Texas was going to win. And, you know, part of me felt like Texas might win big. I, I just felt like Oklahoma hadn't really been tested uh, all season. Texas had with the big win on the road in Tuscaloosa. But uh, you go down, you get that field goal late in the game, you got to win that game. Your defense, let Dylan Gabriel gash you and, and make big throws and go right down the field. So, yeah, it's not the end of, of Texas's season by any means. We could end up getting a rematch here, but. Uh, yeah, it, it, it stinks from the standpoint of Texas was really feeling like this was their year. They were going to go up, you know, maybe undefeated, get to the playoffs. And now they, they have very little room for error the rest of the way. They, they can be fine, though. Sark can win the rest of their Big 12 games and get back to the, you know, get to the Big 12 title game. But uh, very disappointing on that front. All, all your defense had to do was get one stop and, and you win that game. Oklahoma was impressive on both sides of the ball as far as how physical they were in that probably led to what turned out to be the difference where uh, with the Texas receivers, we know that, that they're really good, but every time they touch the ball, you know, they would have the ball get to their hands, but Oklahoma would hit them and maybe the ball pops up and now you're giving your defense a chance. That was really impressive from the defensive side of the ball. And then offensively, they were able to run it. So I think they, they just out physical Texas in this game, which most people didn't expect going into it. Yeah, and that's that was the difference in the game. I mean, the two early Quinn Ewers turnovers is what uh, is what was the difference. And so again, you know, we may see a rematch, and maybe Texas takes care of the football next time, and uh, and maybe gets a victory. So I, I'm not I'm not writing Texas off just yet. Well, Gordy, as always, man, I know you got to run. You're a busy guy up there. We appreciate you hopping on with us. Enjoy the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, man, and uh, good luck to your Strohs. All right. All right. Thanks, guys.